Welcome, everybody. Time for another episode of Sales Pipeline Radio. Grab your board, swim out into the wave of ideas, and let's see if we can uh, get uh, our surfmeister, um, Matt, on the uh, horn here. I know he's using a backup microphone today here. Oh, my goodness. Paul, how are we doing? <laughs> okay. We're always, uh, you must be out in the world somewhere, because that's the only time we have trouble. We record from the world headquarters, and as marketing world headquarters, we're usually okay. Today, we are not far away. We're in downtown Seattle. We're on the 76th floor of the Columbia Tower. It is a uh, seafair weekend here in Seattle, which means the uh, hydroplane races are Saturday, Sunday, and the Blue Angels are flying. So wow. we, uh, we took the whole team out of the office in Redmond, took them across the street to, or across the water to uh, Seattle. So we are uh, watching the Blue Angels practice today from this Columbia Tower. Well, that's the problem. You know, the Blue Angels are interfering with our uh, frequency here. They're, uh, you know, you're being uh, you're being co-opted by them. We'll probably get some uh, aircraft noises from time to time here. Yeah, we are going to blame the Navy for this for sure. Um, and you know, if you hear the aircraft, I'll tell you what—it's the sound of freedom, my friend. It's, uh, it's every it's a it's a summer tradition here in Seattle, and it's a ton of fun to watch those things fly. Um, we used to if go you to had a chance to see the Blue Angels or the Thunderbirds. It is a treat. We used to go every year to um, the El Toro until they closed the base down here, but they used to have a, in Southern California here, a giant air show every year. And sometimes they go to the one in Miramar down in San Diego. And it is something, I'll tell you what, when those planes fly over at, uh, what do they call it? Uh, you know, right right at the, uh, like 50 feet, feels like it's 50 feet over your head. They come zooming in and everything and just crack that uh, sound barrier. Wow, it <laughs> rattles everything, sends every car alarm shaking and uh, makes everybody feel a little prouder here. It is pretty fun. I remember growing up in the Bay Area. We'll get to we'll get to sales pipeline here in a second. But yeah, Travis Travis Air Force Base is just north of north of San Francisco in the Bay Area. We used to go with my dad uh, up to see him there, and you know you'd have a lot of old vintage World War One, World War Two aircraft, yeah, and you'd have wow. the Thunderbirds would, pl- would fly there, and it was pretty amazing. Well, let's uh, let's get down to down to brass tacks. Thanks everyone for joining us on a special episode of Sales Pipeline Radio, Sound of Freedom Edition. We are recording from downtown Seattle today, and Excited to have our guest on today. He was also in Seattle. Get to him in a second. Uh, if you are joining us live on the show, thank you very much for joining us. We uh, just looking at our stats this morning, uh, Paul. We our listenership has more than doubled in the last year. We have 33% more monthly listeners from just the beginning of 2018. So pretty awesome to see the growth of the show. Well, that's because you've got that's because you've got 33% better content this year. I don't know. I think, I mean, our speakers have been, or our guests have been pretty awesome. I can, I, I know that is for sure. So uh, thank you very much, everyone who's listening live. You, if you're listening to us on the podcast, thank you so much for joining on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Google Play, all the places fine podcasts can be found. And uh, you can always find every episode of Sales Pipeline Radio, past, present, and future on salespipelineradio.com. We feature every week some of the best and brightest minds in B2B sales and marketing. Today is no different. Very excited to have with us Nick Jordan. Nick is the uh, Chief Marketing Officer for Logic Inbound and is a uh, well-known uh, personality in the marketing space here in Seattle. Nick, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, thank you so much, Matt. It's very exciting to be here. As a Seattle native, I've been hearing about Matt Hines and your marketing company for over 10 years, and so needless to say, I'm, I'm pumped to be on the show today. Well, I appreciate you joining. You reached out um, a couple weeks ago. We're really excited to get you get you on the show so quickly. Uh, maybe talk a little bit about your background from a marketing standpoint, some of the stuff you've been involved with. And I know you're, you know, you spend a lot of time talking about building businesses and communities. So give a little bit of your background and sort of sort of why you're so passionate about the community side of business. 
Yeah, absolutely. Just a heads up, it's a little bit hard to hear you today from the 76th floor of the Columbia Tower, uh, but I, I have a general understanding of what you said. And yeah, so like you said, I've been building businesses and communities for the last 10 years. I built two of my own startups that were ultimately unsuccessful, but it gave me the skills and introduced me to the people to get me where I'm at today. And after those unsuccessful startups, I, I was very fortunate to become an early employee at BitTitan, and BitTitan ended up growing to over 200 employees over the course of four years without VC funding. And today I'm running uh, Logic Inbound Sales and Growth um, and building, building Seattle's marketing community. I think that one of the things that I've seen over the last 10 years is that Seattle has very, very strong engineering talent, um, but I think that there could be more to be done in terms of, of knowledge sharing within the marketing community. I'm hoping to fix that. So let's talk about that a little bit, Nick. I mean, that's a place where I really wanted to sort of dig in. And I think, you know, we talked mostly on Salesforce Radio about demand gen and sales strategy and, you know, learning from peers what's working and what's not, I think, is a key part of being a successful professional and getting better at what you're doing. What are some of the challenges you found in trying to build a marketing community? And I've noticed as well, sometimes we try to produce marketing events and well-meaning people don't always come out in the way that maybe some other um, some other uh, roles uh, like IT and others might do. So, what, what do you think? Why do you think that is? And what are some keys to actually sort of starting to build that active marketing community? Yeah. So, I think I think logistics is actually a big issue. Uh, a lot of these events happen after work, and after work, it's either rainy and you don't really feel like spending much time outside, or it's sunny and you want to spend all your time outside. And then to get to any of the events, you have to fight traffic, rush hour traffic, and you have to find parking. And that's a lot of effort for someone who spent all day grinding at work. And so what we found is, is logistics can be a big challenge, um, but it's worth it. Uh, it. And the reason it's worth it is because when you create a marketing community and you have this platform for thought leadership, it allows you to engage with folks that I look up to and I envy their career and I can reach out to them and I can offer them this platform and they'll respond back to me. Whereas if I didn't have this community, then they may not have responded at all. And I'm talking to Nick Jordan today. He's the chief marketing officer for Logic Inbound and talk a little bit about building community amongst marketers. And, you know, what are some of the ways you or some of the formats of community you found most successful? Is it lunch and learns? Is it uh, networking happy hours? Are there certain topics and formats that tend to work better in terms of getting marketers together? Yeah, so I'll tell you our number one growth hack for growing communities, and it's something that uh, everybody listening can go ahead and start implementing as soon as, uh, as soon as they're done listening to your podcast, and that's leveraging the meetup.com platform for explosive community growth. We grew our meetup, Co-Founders Connect, which is the second biggest tech meetup in Seattle, to over 2,000 members in six months. And the way we did it was we created a really awesome flagship event, our first event, we made sure that it had food and drinks and that the speakers were, were, were awesome and will get people to fight that rush hour traffic, fight for that parking to get down there. And then what we did was we reached out and personally invited every single member of every competitive group. We must have sent somewhere between the, you know, six, sorry, two to six thousand messages to these members of other groups and, uh, it, it worked fantastically. It exploded and since then we've We've taken that technique and we've grown about four or five other groups very quickly. And so now our communities have uh, combined uh, 8,000 members across about five different meetups. 
Nick, what are some of the keys to keeping groups engaged beyond just getting them to events, right? I mean, I think, you know, a lot of times getting to events physically, traffic, weather can be a challenge. Are there pros and cons to having a mix between live events and then connecting people virtually and through online communities? Obviously, online communities aren't the same in terms of sort of meeting people and building more relationships, but how do you find that mix? Uh, you know, and I think a lot of people listening to this are probably interested in meeting their peers and marketing, but also curious building communities of customers and prospects and people in their industry. You know, what are some keys to making that more than just a single channel? Yeah, absolutely. You're, you're totally right that the community can't just be offline. There needs to be some way to engage online, and meetup.com is not the right platform, uh, but Facebook is. More and more marketers are using and sales leaders are using Facebook for business. And we're creating a, a, a group called uh, Marketing and Demand Leaders in Seattle. It's about 200 members today. And it allows these members to continue to share ideas, knowledge transfer uh, in between the monthly or, or quarterly events. Awesome. If you want to learn more about the Marketing Demand Leader group in particular, at least try to check it out. You can go to uh, bit.ly slash marketing and demand leaders. Uh, just a couple more minutes before we got to take a break. We got Nick Jordan here today. He is the uh, CMO at Logic Inbound. Talk a little bit about some of the things you've done at Logic Inbound. I want to pivot a little bit. And, uh, you know, we were talking before the show about the importance of SEO. And, you know, as the rules change, as Google changes the algorithms, obviously what used to work in SEO is different today. In B2B, we hear a little more from folks that say, well, is it, or I'm curious if SEO is still as relevant as it was. What's your perspective? Where is the, what's kind of the state of SEO for B2B today? Yeah, you know, I think I think that there's a, a huge misconception around how SEO works, and it's it's actually very intuitive. And once you understand how intuitive it is, you understand how it can work for your business. At the end of the day, Google's only goal is to show the highest quality, most relevant search results, and they have to do that because as soon as they stop doing that, they put their hundred billion dollars a year of revenue at risk by a competitor with a better product. And so if you can align with high quality and relevant to the search result that searchers are making, Google's gonna rank you all day naturally without you having to do weird backlinks or technical SEO, it just happens. And, and to give you some context on how easy it actually is, you know, I've been in the SEO game for two years, I'm, I'm not technical, and I've grown our logicinbound.com traffic from zero to 93,000 visits last month in about 13 months just by creating high quality content that's relevant to the searches that I know marketers are making. Relevant content, go figure. I think with all the old uh, work we used to do on the back pages and uh, the white hats and, and black hats and all hats in between, good relevant content. It's nice to see that Google continues to prioritize that. We gotta take a quick break, pay some bills. We'll be right back with more with Nick Jordan here on Sales Pipeline Radio. In a world where the speed of innovation and change in B2B marketing has never been greater, the only thing bigger is the need for clarity, for a blueprint, for a guide to what's really working. And how about a way to apply it specifically today to increase sales pipeline growth, velocity, and most of all, conversion? That's what you'll find in the Modern Marketer's Field Guide. And amazingly, you can download it for free. HeinzMarketing.com, just like it sounds, H-E-I-N-Z-M-A-R-K-E-T-I-N-G. It encompasses the entire sales and marketing cycle, but in quick bursts with lots of specific, actionable ideas, strategies, tactics you can put to work right away, like today. 
the loaded table of contents helps you narrow in and tackle a problem. And it's something you can come back to over and over again as a reference guide. Why not download your free copy of the Modern Marketer's Field Guide? It's free. HeinzMarketing.com, just like it sounds. H-E-I-N-Z, marketing.com. All right, back to Matt and his guest as he's strapped into the cockpit of his F-22 Raptor. Yeah, it's interesting today, Paul, and, and, and Nick knows this, that it's uh, it's quite overcast. Uh, where the last couple of days in Seattle, we've had really beautiful sky, beautiful weather, and today it's overcast, a little drizzly. So the, the Blue Angels are doing their low show, and I know that they, they count a lot on being able to see each other, and that is more of a challenge today. So, uh, But it's still fun to watch them zip around the sky. Welcome back to uh, – we're going to finish off here with Nick Jordan on Sales Pipeline Radio. If you like what you're listening to with Nick – in terms of uh, his advice on community building and content and search, you can definitely check out a replay of this episode on salespipelineradio.com. Coming up in the next couple of weeks, next week we have Guy Wisemantle. He is the VP of marketing for a company called Pushpay. We're going to be talking about selling into industries that may not be traditional. He's, his company sells to churches and other nonprofits significantly. I'll talk about how that's a little different, how you got to customize your perspective. After a guy, we've got Norman Bihar. He is one of the partners of Sales Readiness Group. His company is all about sales training. We're going to talk about how sales training has changed significantly over the last five, 10 years and what you need to be doing to make sure your team is up to speed uh, and selling successfully. But today, we are featuring Nick Jordan. He is the CMO of Logic Inbound. And we, right before the break, Nick, we were talking about the importance of content. Uh, and I think, you know, used to be when we talked about search content was, you know, blog posts, it was written content. Talk about the diversification of formats uh, and what that means uh, moving forward, whether it's, you know, podcasts like this and video and people doing voice search and video search. How is that evolving and how do marketers take advantage of that from a content standpoint? Yeah, absolutely. So the first call is uh, the first off is that Google loves YouTube videos, and so if you embed your YouTube video into the article that you want to rank, Google is going to look at that article more closely and prioritize it quicker. Additionally, YouTube has really great discovery features, and so um, you can create videos and you can publish them a year ago, and they'll still generate tens of thousands of visits um, a month, you know, a year into the future. So I absolutely love video, and I think it's a very important format. Uh, for search marketing. One other thing that video does really well for search marketing is Google prioritizes search results based off of user engagement metrics. They use user engagement metrics as a heuristic for good quality content. And when you embed videos into the articles that you're ranking, users read a couple words of your article, but then they watch the video, and that drives a lot of time on site on the page, which Google really likes. Talk about video for a second, because I think obviously we're seeing more and more folks use video uh, in B2B, but I think others seem to be intimidated by the nature of video. It's easy to write a draft of a blog post and have people edit it. Video is a little more complicated, uh, but uh, what, what are your advice to people who are thinking about video and not really sure how to get started? Yeah, that's a really great question. So first off, I'll say that LinkedIn and Facebook are prioritizing video posts over text posts and external links. Uh, one of the best things you can do on these platforms to get more views, to get more likes, to get more comments and build more brand awareness and build more credibility is to use videos to drive that. Now, first, first tip, number one, do not link to an external YouTube video. Uh, I see it every single day from marketing and sales teams and LinkedIn and Facebook. Kill your reach when you link to an external site. They want to keep their users on their site, so they're going to promote videos that are natively embedded into the platform uh, over videos that are linked to uh, hosted on YouTube. So make native videos. The second tip 
is if you can, you want to do a little bit of production, but it's not necessary. What you want to do is you want to add subtitles and you want to add some borders. And the reason why you want to do this is because most people who are browsing Facebook and LinkedIn are scrolling through their newsfeed and they do not have the ability to listen to the audio. And so if you have subtitles and you have borders, you can capture their attention and they can follow along with the content while you know they're waiting in line at a grocery store. The, uh, the third is you want to keep it between about one minute to two minutes, uh, no longer than that, again, because of the way that people are, are consuming this content, you need to align with how they're consuming it. They're sitting in traffic, they're standing in line, they're waiting for a meeting to start, and uh, your video content should be short. Nick, I want to ask you about the impact of mobile on all of this from a content standpoint, from a video standpoint, from a search standpoint. It seems like more and more of us are accessing the web and information just from a computer that's in the palm of our hands. How has that changed the type of content we're engaged with? And has that at all changed search behavior? And is there implications for how marketers should be thinking about content and rankings based on that? Yeah, absolutely. The way that people search Google has shifted dramatically over just the last couple of years. Now that cell phones are ubiquitous as well as high-speed internet, over 50% of searches are happening on mobile devices, whether it's a cell phone or an iPad or tablet. And Google will prioritize websites that are mobile optimized and they'll deprioritize websites that are not mobile optimized. And so if you're driving search rankings, one of the most basic things you can do is just make sure that your website looks good on a mobile device. And you know the other trend I've noticed is you know some some companies thinking about different uh, content options and different search patterns by role. Is there have you noticed differences in, for example, how a C-suite, someone you know, a senior executive is using search versus someone that may be more junior in the organization? Are there differences in in how marketers should be implementing their search and content strategies based on that? So I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. Most of the content that organizations are creating is not being viewed. And the reason is, is because of the distribution channels that they're pumping that content through. They have an email list, they have a social following, and both of those, the, both of those audiences, very few percentage is actually gonna see the content that's being promoted. One of the reasons on social is because Facebook is reducing reach of publishers because they want you to pay to boost posts. So you might post a great piece of content, only 5% of your social audience is gonna see it, and all that audience is already aware of your brand. Uh, email list is the same thing. You're going to send an email. You're going to have a 10% click-through rate to that content that you spent a lot of money and time on. And so the half-life of that content is very short. And one of the things that companies can do to extend the half-life of their content and create an asset is to align their content creation with what people are searching for. It doesn't necessarily have to be bottom of the funnel, buy my services kind of search, but you can infer who's searching based off of what they're searching for and then you can create content that aligns with their search, answers their questions, you build authority, you build credibility, but you're also capturing their email, you're also pixeling them with Facebook, and you're remarketing towards them uh, to those visitors that hit you in the top and middle of the funnel. Impressive stuff. we got Nick Jordan today on Sales Platform Radio. A couple more minutes with Nick. If you want to get a hold of Nick, you can find him on Twitter at Nick from Seattle. Nick, you know, as you've grown in your marketing career, curious to hear some of the people that have been most influential to you. People that, you know, they could be alive or dead. They could be people that were mentors, uh, people that you've read uh, stuff from. Like, who are some of the people that have influenced you the most in your marketing career that you recommend other people check out as well? Yeah, absolutely. One of the biggest influences on our agency has been uh, Jillian Music, founder of Moz. My business partner, Vlad, cold called her four years ago asking for mentorship, and she blew us off. And uh, every quarter, Vlad would check back in. He'd give 
Jillian an update on the, the progress that our company has made. And over the last year, she started taking meetings with us and mentoring us and providing feedback. And from a, from a search marketing agency perspective, you can't have a better uh, mentor than the founder of the largest SEO software company in the world, Moz. Love it. Well, um, Nick, uh, what, uh, what, where else can people find you if they want to learn more about your business and, uh, and your community building? Connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm, uh, I'm Nick Jordan, Nick from Seattle, Facebook as well, Instagram, all up, across every platform. My username is Nick from Seattle. Awesome. Paul, you got a question? I just uh, wanted him to comment real quickly on podcasts. We are talking about video, and I know video is the flavor of the month, and I get all the reasons that it works. H any thoughts on how we can take these kind of podcasts like uh, we're creating here today and use those to, like you're using a video, to generate more to use it to get found and to use it to for SEO purposes? Absolutely. So um, so one of the things that I'm currently doing, doing to build my audiences is I'm connecting with every single marketer in Seattle. Now, there's thousands and thousands and thousands of these marketers on LinkedIn, and so I'm actually using LinkedIn automation to use it at scale. I have a computer program. It's sending 200 connection requests per day to marketers in Seattle that are qualified to hire me and also hire Heinz Marketing. And so... Uh, Matt, I would absolutely suggest you get LinkedIn Sales Navigator, you get Link Helper, start connecting at scale. And the reason this is important is because when you push these these podcasts, now the people that are seeing it is is all of these marketers in Seattle, and you can begin to you know position yourself as the most famous marketer in Seattle. Well, he certainly is. So uh, I'll let him take it away. All right. Well, I want to thank our guest, Nick Jordan, for joining today. Wide-ranging conversation. We had a bunch of topics today. If you want to listen to this again, catch some more of his insights, you can get this episode on demand at salespipeonradio.com here in a couple days. Make sure you join us each week. We are here live every week, 1130 Pacific, 230 Eastern. For my great producer, Paul, this is Matt Hines. Thanks for joining us. Another episode of Sales Pipeline Radio. You've been listening to Sales Pipeline Radio, brought to you by the good folks at Matt Hines Marketing, right here on the Funnel Radio channel for at-work listeners like you.